So I heard somebody, as I was coming in uh, earlier this morning, somebody said, pretty slim, pretty slim attendance today. And I thought to myself, it's about three times more than I expected. And I'll tell you why. Because on Friday afternoon, about mid-afternoon, I got in the car and drove up towards Brainerd, and I thought the entire population of the Twin Cities was on the road with me. We didn't average more than about 35 miles an hour till we got to St. Cloud. Then it only went up to about 50. And so I thought, you know, everybody must have been up north. Well, seriously, friends, uh, what a privilege it is to join you this morning. I am uh, so pleased. I know quite a few of you, but on the other hand, there's quite a few people that I, I don't know here either and certainly probably don't know me. And so I want to spend some time this morning, maybe the, maybe the larger bit of time this morning, talking about uh, how the Lord uh, changed my life. And uh, in that process, brought freedom that was so unimaginable. I, I can't, I, I may not be able to explain it as well as I would wish that I could. And so instead, we look to God's Word uh, to begin. Uh, the uh, reading actually comes from chapter 5, the first verse and the 13 to 19. Chapter 5, verse 1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. To verse 13. You, my brothers, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Here ends the reading. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, these are your words, Lord. We acknowledge that you inspired your servant, the Apostle Paul, to write these words from you to us to help us understand that, as has been already mentioned a number of times, that freedom comes, Lord, from you. Freedom is your idea. You are the author of true freedom, freedom of our souls, of our minds, of our bodies. But Lord, we are so thankful that those that went before us also desired that freedom for our nation as a political entity. And so, Lord, this morning we pray for this nation of ours. We pray for the USA. Oh, Lord, that you would 
uh, not remove your hand of protection from us, that you would continue to bless. Lord, as you have instructed us, we pray for the officials of this country, the elected officials and those that are appointed, O Lord, that they would have an encounter with the risen Savior. O Lord, that they would put this nation and your desire for true freedom above their desire to rise in the ranks. O Lord, again we ask that you would bless, watch over, protect our nation, our families, each other. We thank you, Lord, and pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I wanted to share with you then this morning a little bit, just some personal thoughts of my own as I think back about uh, the years that I have uh, served as a pastor, but more so even some of those years before that, when the truth of these words that we just read became uh, real to me in a very, very personal way. And so we go all the way back to uh, the time when I was uh, teaching school. I was a a public school music teacher, taught band and choir for 25 years uh, in various places. Uh, The longest place was Park River, North Dakota. And uh, so in Park River, uh, over that long period of time, uh, I developed uh, uh, what you, anyone would call a very successful uh, program. Some of that was due mostly to some pretty hardcore discipline and some pretty uh, energetic pressing of the students to, to, uh, to succeed, maybe rather than uh, really caring for and loving them. We were members of a Lutheran church, the ALC church there in town, and we were members there for about 10 years, and then I was elected to the council of that church. And so I was sitting on the council of that church. Meanwhile, my wife, who also had been brought up in the ALC church and and knew all about Jesus, meanwhile, she was dissatisfied, and she was trying all sorts of different churches around to see if there would be something that would sort of fit her needs more. My wife uh, was uh, had spent three years of her high school years being a counselor at a Christian Bible camp. And so she was a little bit more uh, used to uh, uh, the uh, idea of a spirit-led church than I was. And so even though I was on that uh, board of that uh, ALC church, we were looking for something that would please her more. And in that process, we heard the story about a church that was coming to town to try to plant another Lutheran church in town. And on the, as, as a board member of my church that I was attending, I sort of took it on myself to, to protect that city from these renegades that were coming. And so that's the kind of attitude I had, and we kept a close eye, at least tried to keep a close eye on what was going on. They happened to rent a building in town, and, and it was a former implement dealership. It was called the Cap Building. It stood for Kelly and Pappenfuss, I think. And they sold International Harvester uh, farming machinery. Beautiful big building and uh, all glass front. And so it was pretty easy to drive by on the main street there and keep an eye on who was going to this new group of renegades. And so that, I thought, was a mission that I could certainly 
take care of on my way to school and back and just make sure that everyone was safe so that there wasn't any danger there. We had two friends in Park River that uh, had been uh, encouraging us that perhaps we should come and just see what was going on there on the inside of that church. And so they continued to, uh, shall we say, harass us, Lucy and I, until they were hoping we would attend. And so one day, one Sunday morning, the car drives up and there, there's our friends and they want us to hop in. Nope, we said, we're, that's, that's just too dangerous a situation. A couple more Sundays, the same thing happened. The fourth Sunday that they showed up on our driveway, time to go to church, we gave in. At least I did. My wife, I think, was probably ready long before I was. But we decided we would do that. And so we walked into that building, and I looked behind me, and this window was twice as big as this, or maybe three times as big as this. So all my, the people that I knew and all my friends from the other church, they would surely see me in this church, and they would certainly see my car parked out front. And so I was uh, stealing myself for whatever the reaction would be. We sat down in the pew in that church, uh, small, about this size, I suppose, a little bit smaller than this even, sat down in that pew, ready for the church service to begin, and the pastor began, uh, Pastor Norm Tenable began to preach. And I looked over, and my wife, tears streaming, and somehow or another, so were mine. And so we were sitting in that church, just absolutely bawling. Not because we were so disappointed in those renegades, but that was an AFLC church plant. And that Pastor Norm Tenebo was preaching God's word through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we didn't know what that felt like before. And here was the power of God's word being preached in such a way that we could simply feel the power that God had. We could see on our friends' faces that they were experiencing a similar thing. And those renegades that were also there that had started that church, they loved us. And they wanted us to know Christ the way that they did. You see, our God is a triune God, the God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. And as the Holy Spirit works in our hearts, changes us, that's, that's what we were feeling. And so it was, as we left that day, we decided that's, that's going to be our church. That's going to be where we're going to go. And so the next Sunday we come back, but we came a little earlier. We came to Sunday school. We had not, either one of us, been to Sunday school. As an adult, we both quit probably, I don't know, 8th grade, ninth grade, didn't go to Sunday school anymore. Here was an adult Sunday school we went that morning and the teacher was just another person. He, we knew him. His name was Harvey Lofsgaard. Harvey Lofsgaard ran the, the, uh, the, the uh, hardware store in town. In that little you know, hardware store, he had just about everything they had at Home Depot. You couldn't believe how stuff was smashed into that little store. But he did it so well. He did it with love. And people really knew that Harvey was a man of God. I believe Harvey... Um, when his eyesight started to fail, Harvey Lofsgaard gifted to the AFLC their first little airplane that they were using in Alaska, in that Alaska mission. 
the little two-seed Cessna. I don't know if it's still in use or not, but that came from that from Harvey. But Harvey was just a person, just a storekeeper in Park River who knew the Lord, loved the Lord, and the Holy Spirit had gotten a hold of him, and he was teaching Sunday school in a way that made so much sense and so much difference in our lives because he was ministering God's word and the power of the Holy Spirit as well. Pastor Norm Tenebo, I believe, I've been told, came out of the same, uh, the same South Dakota area that Mike Brandt and Eldon Nelson did. And they came to the Lord uh, full-time then. They went to seminary after tent meetings in that little South Dakota town. And Norm Tenebo was the third one of, of, those, of that trio. However, Norm was an alcoholic. And as soon as he accepted the Lord in his life, he quit drinking and all his friends abandoned him. But the other thing that had happened was he'd gotten himself into a lot of farming debt. And so he waited to come to seminary until he had found another job, had paid off every debt that he had. Then he was ready to come to seminary as the others did. Pastor Norm was loved in our little town of Park River. He was, a, he was a loved man. He spent many hours, not just with us who were attending, but with people downtown and just a wonderful, a wonderful guy. Then what happened was he also was serving a church in Osnabrück, North Dakota. I'm sure you've all heard of that town. It's about half the size of Adams and, you know. But anyway, on his way up one day, I believe he got raptured. But, of course, I can't prove that. It's just a theory that I had. There's not another car within 20 miles of that drive that he made. And there was another one coming sideways, and they met. How could that not have been of God somehow? Had to be. But he was killed. He was taken home in that car accident. And so now we were pastorless. Didn't have a pastor for that church. It was a time when... There were many empty pulpits in the AFLC and very few students in the seminary. And so we were left, actually we were left to the wolves in a way because our old friends that were from the ALC church came and they said, see, see, you shouldn't have gone. You should have stayed here. See, that church should have folded. Can you imagine the pressure was on some of us new believers? Because we were then. We began to respond to the Holy Spirit that was being preached there. Then we met another guy. Another man came then as we heard, as they heard uh, who, uh, the, uh, our situation and came to town just for a couple of days, a couple of times to support us. He drove in from Cloquet. I'll bet you know who I'm talking about. Pastor Herb France. Pastor Herb France was the guy that came, along with Paul Nash, came to our little church in Park River and began to preach the word in that same way. Herb, of course, is Dean and, and uh, Peter France's dad. And so we became so hungry for the word that we started following him all around. Herb was, I think at one time, sort of the accepted evangelist. I don't know if it was actually a, a title that he had. I don't know about that. 
But he did it. He was the evangelist, and he'd go from church to church. In those days, we had what we called special meetings, and they lasted four or five days of a you know, one-week period, and you'd, you'd go every night, and you'd hear this powerful message from a pastor and hopefully respond by giving your life to the Lord. And Herb was unique. Someone just described him this, uh, this morning as we were talking about him, that he would get right into your face, he would be right down and he would ask you those personal questions. How many of you remember Herb and how his style? Yeah, quite quite the guy. But he wasn't permanent. And so there were, I think there were at least two or three um, seminary students that were graduating that, that uh, spring. And so we looked at the names and looked at their backgrounds and and we called a, a new pastor then for that little church. Uh, very excited that he, he was able to come and uh, about uh, maybe a month or so before he was to arrive, I got a letter in the mail and I still have that letter and that letter said, you know, so excited to come to Park River to serve but we have a situation. Hmm? My wife is pregnant, and the doctors are saying that that baby has about a 5% chance of survival. Please pray for our baby. Please pray for the doctors that they would be wise in their uh, diagnosis and so on. I have never to this day asked that pastor if they were given the choice to abort. Never asked that. I bet today they would be. Uh, back then, but this was in the mid-80s, I suppose. I don't know if they were given that choice or not. And I'm not going to ask them either. But that little baby experienced a miracle. About a week before he was to be born, the uh, children's hospital received a new heart-lung machine for little infants. And so he was the first one to be on it, and it helped him and he saved, it saved his life. My wife is a nurse, as many of you know. And she then was able to, uh, when they brought the baby to uh, Park River and moved into the parsonage that was there, she was able to go over and assist the mom. Excuse me, give me a minute. That little baby boy sings in your praise team. That was Caleb. Our pastor that came then was Pastor Jim Rasmus. Norm Tenebo, Herb France, Pastor Jim. Jim Rasmussen had a heart for the Lord that was so clear and so focused that even though he had to pull together a church that by that time had two or three different split type situations, pulled them all together by keeping his eye on the Lord Jesus Christ and the cross. And he's the reason. He he is the reason that I went to seminary because through Jim's preaching and teaching, I realized that the Lord is calling all of us in one way or the other. And that my calling at that time then 
was to become a pastor. And I thought, sure, that I'd end up in some small church just like Park River. But God has a surprise for me. I ended up at Emmaus in Bloomington. By the way, Connolly, when I'm thinking about it, would you be sure to tell Silvio that I was pastor to his, uh, to, uh, uh, no, I've forgotten her name. I just thought of it a second ago. I'll get back to you on that, Connolly, when my memory improves. <laughs> uh, the gal that, that is working with the kids at the Miriam home. Johnny, Johnny Sliver. I was Johnny's mom's pastor in Bloomington. So say hi to Johnny for, say hi to Johnny from me when, when you get back. My point is that through this process, when when Norm was still alive and preaching, we went to a to a Lenten service. And I don't remember what text he used that Lenten service. But as we were sitting there listening to that preaching of that Lenten service about the cross, about the blood of Jesus, about our need for a Savior, honestly, I saw, I saw Jesus. As Norm preached, I saw him and I realized for the first time in my life that Jesus Christ did not die for all of our sins. Jesus Christ died for all of my sins. All of mine. That changed everything. The rest of the process that I described to you just a minute ago is probably what we call sanctification, where over time we grow closer and closer to the Lord. Over time... We become more dedicated to the word. Over time, we experience the many, many blessings that Christ has in mind for us. But my point in telling you all of this is the very extreme importance of the scripture we just read. That our freedom in Christ, our freedom in Christ is the basis for freedom in our nation. It is the basis. I want to attempt to recite a short piece of poetry for you. And it's going about right now as well as Johnny Sliver's name did there for a second. Uh, But let me give it a shot. Oh, thus be it ever... When free men shall stand between their loved homes and the war's desolation, blessed with victory and peace, may the heaven-rescued land bless the power that has made and sustained us a nation. Then conquer we must when our cause it is just. And this is our motto, in God is our trust. How many of you know where that poem is from? Maybe I'll just add the end verse. I can't do that without saying the whole thing again, and I don't want to do that. <laughs> that is the fourth verse of our Star Spangled Banner. 
Oh, thus be it ever, when free men shall stand between their loved homes and the war's desolation. Blessed with victory and peace, may the heaven-rescued land praise the power that has made and sustained as a nation. Then conquer we must when our cause it is just. And this be our motto, in God is our trust. And the star-spangled banner, what? In triumph shall wave for the land of the free and the home of the brave. Verse 4 of our national anthem. Friends, our country was built on the freedom that Christ offers. That freedom is for each of us as individuals. The question that I'm going to leave you with today is, have you responded? Have you heard about the gift that God is willing to give, the gift of eternal life? Have you understood the power of the Holy Spirit to change your life? Oh, my prayer is that you have. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you, though, that as we are lost in sin, you desire uh, for us to know you. Oh, Lord, draw us to yourself. If there is even one person here today, Lord, who is wondering, who doesn't know you personally, Lord, send that spirit. Send that spirit that we experienced at Victory Free Lutheran Church. Send it to each one today. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.